Welcome to Capital Link's Trending News Podcast Series. In this podcast series, we discuss with company management recent news and announcements they have made. I'm Nicolas Bornolis, President of Capital Link, and we have with us today Mr. Eddie Valentis, the Chairman and CEO of Pixis Tankers. Um, Pixis Tankers is uh, listed uh, on uh, NASDAQ under the ticker PXS. Uh, our discussion will mainly center on the company's newly formed dry bulk joint venture, but will also focus on uh, Pixis' development strategy, capital allocation, and the product tanker sector outlook. A quick reminder uh, of our disclaimer that our podcasts are provided purely for informational and educational purposes. They do not constitute investment advice or advice of any kind. Capital Link bears no responsibility for them. And as an additional uh, disclaimer, uh, Capital Link has the privilege to work with Pixis Tankers on investor relations. Pixis Tankers is an international shipping company transporting refined petroleum products and other bulk liquids, such as vegetable oils and organic chemicals. The company's uh, fleet uh, is comprised currently of uh, four modern product tankers with an aggregate capacity of uh, close to uh, 200,000 um, dead weight. And uh, also the company owns a controlling interest in a single ship um, dry bulk joint venture. And as I mentioned, the uh, shares of pictures are traded on the NASDAQ stock exchange under the ticker symbol PXS. So I will welcome Eddie with us. Eddie, thank you for being with us. And let's start our discussion. Now, thank you, Nicholas. You announced, thank you. You announced recently that Pixis Tankers moved into the dry cargo sphere through a new joint venture. So I wanted to ask you what drove the decision to invest in dry bulk at this point in time? Well, uh, a number of reasons. I mean, uh, first of all, we thought it is an attractive allocation of capital since uh, the dry market is uh, off. It's a counter-cyclical investment. Um, and uh, uh, considering that uh, Tanker asset values are all, nearly all-time highs. Our board uh, and uh, the management decided that's a good timing to be investing in the dry cargo space. In any case, we have extensive experience in that sector, and we feel comfortable with the entry point and with the asset. Uh, this is a modern ship, uh, uh, a very eco-Japanese-built, uh, with a scrubber installed, uh, of course, a bit of uh, a ballast water treatment system. And um, uh, we think it's a very good investment. Uh, also, uh, as you mentioned, we did it through a joint venture. Therefore, the risk reward uh, um, um, uh, is well is, is, uh, is shared. And uh, so we effectively, we have control of 60% of the uh, new venture. So uh, we are, we are, um, um, retaining significant dry powder to pursue other opportunities uh, in the MR space or in any other space that we think the timing is right. Um, as you've seen from our press release on the 18th of September, uh, we, we have significant cash in the company, approximately 32 million, and very low leverage with very solid bank relationships. So we can utilize this cash when we think it's a good uh, opportunity and a good timing. Eddie, I find it very interesting that while we are looking at the traditional single sector focus that a lot of companies uh, follow, at the same time, we see an increasingly 
bigger number of companies diversifying in other sectors. So we have seen several uh, listed companies now uh, diversifying into other sectors than uh, their main uh, activities. So I can see that you're also following, uh, following this trend. But looking at the company strategy, what has changed in the last couple of years and how is your strategy different today compared to the past? Yeah. Okay, I mean, the fundamentals for the product banking sector on the market um, changed a couple of years ago. They were boosted tremendously by the Ukraine-Russia war uh, in the first quarter of 2022. Uh, charter rates, ship values uh, in improved significantly. Um, and um, we have taken advantage of, of buying eco-tonnage before the, uh, 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 the, the boom. Uh, so we were well positioned. Uh, okay, small in size, but well positioned with good uh, uh, entry points. Um, we are still very committed on the product tanker sector. And um, as I said earlier, we look forward to uh, be uh, lo reloading um, uh, when the opportunity comes again. But in the meantime, we will look at other opportunities. We're not following a, a, significant, a special trend. It's just that, uh, you know, our, our company has been doing very well in the past year and a half. We have uh, significantly uh, lowered our debt. We have made significant uh, um, uh, cash reserves. Um, unfortunately, the market has not uh, recognized this. Uh, uh, um, so as a pure product tanker play, we didn't see any point of continuing. We thought that diversification is the uh, way forward and being counter-cyclical and being a shipping company rather than a tanker company makes more sense and might make more sense for uh, sh our shareholders as well. I think you all have already answered the question that I'm about to ask you, uh, whether you're looking at opportunities either in the dry bulk or other shipping segments. So as I understand from what you said, you're really looking for opportunities that are creative to your shareholders and build shareholder value over the longer term. Exactly. You know, uh, shipping is not buying at the very peak. Uh, shipping is buying when the opportunity comes and realizing uh, asset value gains at, when the proper, at the proper timing. So uh, this is what we will do and this is how we move forward. I mean, we never said no to a project or, uh, um, you know, which is cash flow oriented. Uh, we will continue looking at the project ideas in the tanker space. But in the meantime, we will be taking opportunities when they come in other spaces, dry cargo, whatever that is. In the, um, we focus on dry cargo because, as I said before, we have the experience in dry cargo and we can operate these uh, vessels very well and very efficiently. Uh, the sectors, if you're asking me on dry, what we're looking, Again, medium-sized sector, ultra, Kamsamax, these are the sectors we will be focused on. Moving to a, to a new uh, topic, you have authorized a significant uh, buyback program, but you have executed only a small fraction of it. So can you give us some more color on your uh, buyback program? Uh, yeah. Um... As you know, the, our shares are, are trading to a huge discount to NAV. Um, uh, and in relation to our uh, product tanker peers. In May, our board authorized the 2 million repurchase program. And as of September 15th, we had spent around 530,000 to buy back 148,000 PXS shares in the open market. We expect to maintain uh, this opportunity to share repurchases. 
uh, under SEC guidelines. However, we continue to be sensitive on the impact on trading liquidity, which has fallen since the start of this program. Uh, but these repurchases are significantly accretive on a per share basis. Thank you. So if I now focus on your core activity, the, the core sector, the product type of sector, can you share with us your views on the current conditions of the sector and also its outlook? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, other companies have done that, but I will go through that again. We have you know, given low inventories of refined petroleum products, which continue to be below five-year average in many locations worldwide, and healthy crack spreads at many refineries. Product tanker demand continues to be very constructive. Uh, even though we are in uh, the midst of slower uh, seasonal period in early fall, charter rates are good. Uh, currently, the Pacific Basin is especially strong um, due to higher regional economic growth and record-setting Chinese exports of transportation fuels. For example, year-to-date, exports of diesel by Chinese refineries were up almost 200% over the same eight months of last year. Uh, the schedule, the new building, MR2 order book, it's looking good and it's relatively uh, modest and deliveries are now scheduled for uh, 2026. So overall, uh, our sector is solid through at least end 2024. But uh, volatility will uh, happen, especially in the short term. Uh, we expect volatility, but it will be a healthy market. Let's not forget geopolitics. Let's not forget uh, weather disruptions. Let's see what's happening now in Panama, um, uh, draft restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. This can further boost uh, charter rates in the, near, uh, in the near term. So one more question on the topic. With refining projects in the Middle East nearing completion, and given China's slow demand recovery, what would you say is the new investment case for the next decade in the product tanker sector? Well, this is a, a, a difficult uh, question to answer. Um, you know, everybody's expecting, I'm putting quotes, uh, uh, demand to peak at 2030. We don't see that happening. We see that, we see that um, there will be continued demand for uh, products uh, going further to, until 2050 at least. This is what I see personally, it's not a, um, but in the past, uh, demand growth for refined uh, petroleum products has been moderately correlated to, to global GDP growth. For example, a recent report, the IMF uh, forecasted global GDP growth at 3% per annum for both 23 and 24. IEA in September estimated oil demand to rise 2.2%, to 2 million barrels per day this year, uh, but moderately to increase 1 million barrels in 2024. So everybody's projecting some sort of increase in demand for the years to come. Um, Drury, for example, which is another major uh, company, estimated that almost 4.4 million barrels per day of new capacity is scheduled to come on uh, line by 2028. Um, so virtually all outside the OECD. So many mature markets are expected to reduce refinery capacity, which should add long haul imports. Uh, recent changes to trade patterns caused by the Russian-Ukrainian war may become permanent, further supporting ton mile expansion. So overall, I'm optimistic. Um, um, 
about uh, future demand and the product tanker segment. And if I may add, what about on the uh, supply side? Regarding, because you, you've always talked about uh, the new regulations affecting um, all the ships, the low order book. Well, uh, this is the big, uh, I think that we have done what we should have been doing as a company. Um, we are uh, in, investing and we are uh, looking at eco-tonnage, eco-vessels. We have sold our older vessel uh, early this year, which is a non-eco, um, our older unit, which was built in 2009. So what we do, we modernize the fleet. We understand and we uh, fully agree with the statement that uh, vessels of eco um, Eco-vessels will be in demand in the future, and this is what uh, uh, we're doing in the company. Um, as far as uh, uh, um, new uh, supply coming in the market, um, I, I think this has not changed in the past. We expect 2% annually for this year and ne next year, at least for the MR sector. This will be the increase in the supply of vessels. So I appreciate all the discussion we had, uh, concluding uh, question. How do you envision pictures to look, let's say, five years from now? This uh, definitely will be a diversified company uh, with uh, different asset classes um, um, uh, and a larger fleet, greater market cap, and a higher share price eventually. Because to tell you the truth, it's been very low uh, in a very good market. I'm very surprised that our stock price is at the levels it's trading today. Eddie, thank you very much for being with us and for sharing all this insight on the company and the sector. Uh, we had the opportunity to discuss with Mr. Eddie Valentis. He is the CEO of uh, NASDAQ listed Texas Tankers. Eddie, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate it.